to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God, Rich Kallenberg shares 10 messages about God who loves you more than you can imagine. A God that wants you to understand Him. And yes, a God that welcomes your difficult questions about Himself and the way He runs His universe. Rich found freedom 18 years ago from his out-of-control life of drug addiction and alcoholism when God found him. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich on Freedom to Choose. Everybody know what a hacker is? Hacking attacks are no longer isolated to just the computer you use to send emails and browse the web. In April of 2011, the Sony PlayStation Network had to shut down due to an external intrusion that compromised an estimated 77 million user accounts. In the year 2008 alone, there was an estimated $1 trillion worth of intellectual property stolen due to hackers gaining access to confidential data stored on enterprise systems worldwide. It takes only 10 minutes to crack a lower... And I didn't know this. This is helpful. It only takes 10 minutes to crack a lowercase password that is six characters long. And add two extra letters and a few uppercase letters, and that number jumps to three years. Add just one more character and some numbers and symbols, and it will take 44,000 years to crack. That's valuable information, isn't it? Nearly three-quarters, or 73% of all Americans, have fallen victim to some type of cybercrime. That's a huge number. There is a 156-day lap between the time a computer resource is compromised and the time the compromise is detected. That leaves the attacker almost half a year to run amok. 90% of all businesses have suffered some sort of computer hack over the past 12 months, and 77% of those companies felt they were hit several times over the same period of time. These numbers are staggering. In 2009, the security firm Finjan discovered that a botnet run by a Ukrainian gang that consisted of over 1.9 million zombie computers, the botnet earned its owners up to $190,000 per day. $190,000 a day by robotic computers. Infected sites. Research estimates that every day more than 30,000 websites are infected with some type of malware, most of them belonging to small businesses. Over 27 million Americans have fallen victim to identity theft over the past five years. Nine million of them found their identity stolen in the last year alone. It's incredible. So we ask the question, why is this world in such a mess? I mean, even in the stuff we can't see, the devil has got his fingers. He's in cyberspace now, like you can't believe. It's incredible what he's doing to destroy our families and our livelihood and our bank accounts. It's crazy. Let's talk about this guy. According to the Barna Group, the majority of Christians do not believe that Satan or the devil actually exists. However, according to an AP poll, 
up to 97% of evangelical Christians believe that angels exist, okay? Now, I'm just going to do a quick overview right now. According to the Bible, Satan is a created being. Having been created by God as, as his most powerful angelic helper, now keep that in mind, his most powerful angelic helper. So Satan is an angel who rebelled against God. The Bible says that Satan was created by God as a cherub, the most powerful of God's angelic beings. Sometime after his creation and before the creation of mankind, Satan rebelled against God, took one-third of the angels, now referred to as demons, with him into rebellion. So let's go to the Bible text and let's look at this and see what happened. From the very beginning, he was a murderer, John 8:44 and has never been on the side of truth because there is no truth in him when he tells a lie he is only doing what is natural to him because he is a liar and the father of how many lies all lies there was a crisis in the government of God and one third of God's children ran out on him and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was there a place found any more in heaven. And that great dragon, who's the dragon? We don't have to guess. The Bible will tell us. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the what? Accuser of our brethren. Now remember, he's the accuser. The devil is the accuser. Remember that, because that's going to be very important tomorrow night. Okay? The accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Therefore, now this is a really interesting text. Therefore, rejoice ye heavens and them to dwell in them. Why? Because the devil is no longer there. But, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for, why? Why woe to the inhabitants of the earth? Because the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. So rejoice, ye heavens. Devil's not up here. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil has come down. If we look at Luke 10, 18, Jesus himself describes this event, and he says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. But why? That's the question we want to answer tonight. Why was he cast out? Why were one-third of his angels cast out with him? What went on that was so terrible that God had to, if you will, expel his right-hand man? What is our God's title? What is his job description, if you will? This is very, very important. What is God's job description? We don't have to guess. Isaiah will tell us. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the what? 
creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching his understanding. What is his job description? Creator. That's our God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. This is his creation and no one else's. He is the creator. You're going to ask the question, how did Lucifer fall? We don't have to guess. The Bible specifically tells us. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. In other words, I will be higher than God. Are you with me? I will sit upon the mount of the congregation of the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. The clouds, of course, being the angels. I will ascend above them. And here's the one that really gets him in trouble. I will be like the Most High. I will be God. The devil wanted to create. What is God's job description? Creator. The devil wanted to create. The devil wanted to run the show. I will be like the Most High. What is God? God is God. What does God do? He is the master of all events. He's not the author of all events because the devil has authored a few events. God is the master of all events. The devil wanted to run the show. And, being how God will accept worship, the devil wanted worship. If we go in the Bible to the book of Matthew, we're going to see that's one of the things the devil wanted also. Again, the devil, Matthew 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world. Who is he taking up there? He's taking Jesus. Who is Jesus? Is Jesus God? Yes, he is. So he takes God up to the mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he says to him, all these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and what? Worship me. Here is a creature that wants God to worship him. He wants to be like the Most High. He wants to create. He wants to be like God. He wants to accept worship. He wants to run the show. Does the devil deserve worship? Can he create? Is he qualified to run the show? Folks, that's what this experiment here is on earth, to prove he's not qualified to run the show. But we'll prove that a little bit later on. So who is running the show? Does he restrict our freedom? Don't answer that. Let's look at it this way. Or does he help us to obtain freedom? Remember we asked the question, the second program, what is freedom? And the only way we can obtain freedom is to come to Christ and we become free from all the critical spirit, from being rushed, from being anxious, from being angry, from being jealous. That's what freedom is. However, the devil has told us that God is restricting our freedom. I remember when I was young and in high school, I could hardly wait to graduate, 
and become 21 so I could be free to go into the bar and drink. What did that do? I became bound to that alcohol for 25 years. That's not freedom. The devil's way is not freedom, yet he, compla- he, he claims that God restricts our freedom. No, God helps us to obtain freedom. But the devil's claim now was that his freedom is restricted. Before we go any further, because we're going to get into some Bible text here, how many of you know what it means to be street smart? When you have done what I have done, or my wife has done, and some of you ever have done, now it's a curse to me, but back in my life of living on the streets, one needed to be street smart in order to survive. Your life depends on it. And to be street smart, what happens is you have to look at everything like an onion. You have to peel that skin off, and no matter how much it stinks, you've got to keep peeling it off and look at it. It's going to make your eyes water, and it's ugly. But you've got to get to the bottom of everything, or you will die. And if you're street smart, you do that. You're, 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 you're suspicious about everybody, and you peel that onion back, and you make sure that, you're, that, that what you're doing, you can get away. And the same thing when you're dealing with the devil. You've got to keep peeling that onion back, and you have to be street smart, and you have to ask questions and be suspicious about everything he says. Because he will lie, he will deceive, even when it appears like it's not him. That's the deception right there. So we're going to be street smart, and we're going to peel back that onion, and it's going to stink a little bit. It's going to make our eyes water. But you know what? Our lives depend on it. Picture, if you will, a throne room a heavenly throne room. Now we're going to go in our imaginations tonight a little bit, and we're going to walk through some stuff uh, biblically, but we're going to use a little bit of hopefully sanctified imagination when we get a little farther, okay? So I want you to help me with that. So right now picture a throne room, and we're going to go to the book of Job, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to analyze this, but we're going to go deeper, We're going to find out what the text really says, what is at the bottom, deep, on what the devil is saying, okay? And I think you'll agree with me that he says a whole lot more than just what's on the surface, okay? Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered and said from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down in it. Okay, first, where is to and fro? Back and forth and up and down. North and south and east and west. What is he saying? I go everywhere I want on the earth. That earth is mine. The earth is mine. I'm coming here representing. I go to and fro and up and down. Everybody listens to me there. The reason we know he says that is notice what God says. And the Lord said to to Satan, well, if you go everywhere and everybody listens to you there, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Now another version puts it this way. Did you notice my servant Job? There is no one on earth as faithful and good as he is. He worships me and is careful not to do anything evil. He worships me, not you, Satan, and he is careful not to follow you. In fact, he hates you. He doesn't do anything evil. Whoa. 
here's the devil sitting in this meeting saying the earth is his. God says, well, maybe so, but have you considered this one servant of mine? He doesn't follow you. Smoke starts trickling out of Satan's head. What's he going to do? How is he going to come back with this? What is the devil's name? The accuser. Remember? The accuser. Then Satan answered the Lord and says, Does Job fear God for no reason? Now that fear, remember, each version, we put the other version up here. Does he, would Job worship you if he got nothing out of it? That fear just simply means reverence for God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The reverence of God is where you begin to get wisdom. So, would Job worship you if he got nothing out of it? What is he saying here? Would he worship you for nothing? Does he fear you for no reason? The devil's about ready to pounce. Have you not put a hedge around him? And in his house? And all that he has on every side? You have, is he accusing God here of something? Of playing favorites? You see that? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. What he's saying is, you have to bribe Job in order for him to love you. You've put a hedge about him. Would he worship you for nothing? In other words, what he's saying, let's peel the onion back. What he's saying is, your government is no good because nobody serves you out of love. You have to bribe them. You ever have to bribe your children? Don't you wish you didn't have to? That they just plain loved you? The devil is accusing God, number one, that his method is wrong. Number two, being how his method is wrong, he has to bribe his children to love him. Everybody with me? You see when you peel this onion back, it begins to make your eyes water. Now comes the spear. Diablos means a spear through the circle. My, my uh, theologian friend Herb Douglas has told me, thrusts through, but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. In other words, he doesn't love you. You take the goodies away, and he will hate you. He only loves you for the goodies. Is that making sense to everyone? And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand, only against him do not stretch out your hand, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Was it God's will that Job get hurt? Or did God get backed into a quarter, quote-unquote? And then you say to me, okay, wait a minute. How can God get backed into a corner? He's God. Well, let me, let me answer that this way. What if, what if my beautiful wife, Susan, whom I know she would never do this, told all of you that I was an adulterer. You've got a problem because you don't know who to believe. Because the two are one flesh. She is my, I don't want to say right-hand man, but she is the closest to me in the universe other than God. 
God's closest friend has just told the rest of the universe that God's a manipulator and a briber. You see, it's not just that somebody said it. It's that God's next in command said it. Susan is the next in command. If she says anything about me, it has value. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? So I just can't, can't simply say, she's lying. What's that going to do? She's going to say, he's lying. So we need something to fix this. Something other than he said, she said, to fix it. It's the only way. They were too close. They knew each other too well that when the devil said something about God, it had value to it. The devil has just attacked God's character in front of the entire heavenly council. This is not the first time he has done this in regards to planet Earth. Isaiah says something really interesting, and that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to reason. He says, come now, let us reason together. And this is where I want to use a little bit of sanctified imagination, but not so much as to change the meaning of everything, but just to put something in a whole other perspective. I want to shine a light from a different angle on some text that you've seen a million times. In Ezekiel, God says, I will show my greatness. See, our God is a God of demonstration. He can't say he said, because the devil, devil is going to say he said, and he said. If he can't do that. So he demonstrates. So he says, I will show my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the eyes of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. How will they know? He will show. That's how you know God will show. To one who orders his way rightly, Psalms 50.23, God says, I will show the salvation of the Lord. Joel 2, verse 30, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Our God is a God of demonstration. He has to be. Because he's been accused of being a liar. Now let's go a little bit farther now. God showed us and the universe a lot about himself at creation. And with this background of Satan being kicked out of heaven and what he's accused God of, let's look at creation with this background, okay? And he's answered those accusations. He answered a lot of them at creation, believe it or not, if we look deep enough, okay? Now, what was it? Devil wanted worship, right? He wanted to create, and he wanted to run the show. And he also claimed that his freedom was restricted. How do we know that? Let's look. Okay, let's look. Does everybody know what it means to be ordained? Set aside for a certain purpose, okay? When God created the sun and the moon, he ordained them for that purpose. Once again, I'll use my friend Herb Douglas. He is an ordained elder. He has been ordained by God for the function of an elder, as is Jerry Rowan. That's what they've been ordained. Now, as hard as I want to and try, if I was to try, I cannot have a child. I was not ordained to do that. Women were. Right? God has ordained certain people for certain purposes. 
and certain things for certain purposes. And he sets them apart for that use. The devil was not set apart for the use to create. He was set apart to run and manage the angels. That was his job. And that was it. It was not to be God. It was not to get worship. It was not to create. It was not to run the show. He was not ordained for that. Are you with me? Everybody with me? That's how God operates. The rain was ordained to water. That's what it does. Okay? It doesn't heat things up. Fire does that. God ordains everything to do things in a certain purpose. Now, with that in mind, and the devil wanting to create and God saying no, the devil wanting worship and God saying no, the devil claiming that his freedom was restricted because God said no, 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 no. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose and this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God. If you or someone you know is living in addiction captivity and having trouble finding God, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself or someone you know, just give them a call and they'll send it to you. 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.